Today, I'm going to talk about notes to a presidential candidate. The U.S. is ramping up its presidential campaign. The environment is an issue for many reasons. At first, you'd think because of global warming, plastic, mercury and fish, extinction, bees mysteriously dying, and so on. But any candidate knows it's important because people care about it. Any leader knows that when people care, a leader can tap into that emotion and motivation. One of my definitions of leadership is helping people do things they always wanted to but haven't figured out how. And I'm going to help you, political candidate, help voters achieve what they want but haven't figured out how. Because an overwhelming majority of people can see the litter on the ground, probably on their property that they didn't cause, but probably that they did cause too, to know our environmental problems are out of control, but they don't want them that way. Nobody wants mercury in their fish. Everyone knows back-to-back 500-year storms are trouble. Here's the problem for candidates. Nearly everyone, including the candidates, including journalists, politicians, scientists, educators, nearly everyone treats the environment as a problem to resolve. At root, they treat it as a burden or a chore, something we don't want to do, but we have to. If we don't, we're going to die or we're going to kill our children, something like that. That may be the case, but treating it that way will not necessarily lead to the outcome that we're looking for, for you to get elected or for us to make a difference on the environment. So most people really want to keep doing what they're doing. Most candidates and most politicians, most people treat the environment with a rear guard defense, something we don't mess up on, but no one's using it as something to win with. In the United States, Trump is running, and you don't need to do much to differentiate from him. And anything short of pouring oil down babies' throats and voters are going to, who believe envir- that there are environmental problems, they'll agree with you over him. Other countries may not have candidates who oppose environmental action so much, but you can still use the environment to activate voters, to differentiate yourself, and to promote yourself as a leader. Some are calling our environmental problems an opportunity. I agree with them, but they sound fake and hollow because they don't live by the principles that they promote. It sounds, a lot of people would call them hypocritical. But there is a huge opportunity to gain votes and differentiate yourself. Actually, it's an opportunity for more, which I'll get to after developing a winning view that for some reason, no one has espoused. Actually, I know why, because no one has been living by their values. And so no one has experienced that it's actually a joyful experience. I'll get to that in a second. The upshot is that no one presents environmental action as desirable, as the future. First, some context. What everybody gets wrong about the environment is that they see it and they present it as a scientific technical problem or a set of scientific technical problems. They focus on carbon dioxide levels. They focus on pollution concentrations, mercury levels, and things like that. The emotions they evoke is confusion, fear, actually more often abstract analysis of, of what the problem is. How big is the problem? Who should solve it? As opposed to actually doing stuff. Abstract, confusion, fear. People don't really engage on that. It doesn't lead people to act. If they try to evoke stronger emotions, they tend to grasp at straws. We might lose civilization. Think of your children. Think of your grandchildren. Yes, of course, we all care about those things. But proposing something confusing and fearful or abstract makes doing it later make more sense. That is, suggesting that people choose now to do something that they don't like versus choosing to do something later that they don't like. Well, everyone's going to choose to do something later that they don't like. They don't really compare the magnitude of how big it is now or later. Now, you, the presidential candidate, don't have to say the following, but here's the foundation for what you would say. That Here's the foundation. Is it carbon dioxide, mercury, all those measures, they don't have volition or choice. Carbon dioxide reacts to us. They are results. They result from our behavior, and our behavior results from our beliefs our cultural beliefs and our personal beliefs. You as a leader can affect our cultural beliefs. We cannot change the past. Everyone knows that. For various reasons, we live in a warming, polluted world 
with systems that are increasing that warming and pollution. Scientists, journals, engineers, and so on, they have essential roles, but no one is leading. And I want to distinguish spreading facts, doom and gloom, telling people what to do, seeking compliance. I do not count that as leadership. A leader's role is to lead people to want to act and to act, not just to comply, not just to be told what to do, but to want to act, to actually enjoy it, to look forward, to think, I want to do more of this. I should have started earlier. Okay, enough context on foundation. Here is the message that I believe a candidate can win with. We today, citizens of the United States and of the world, had the opportunity to participate in one of the greatest experiences humans can experience, which creates one of the greatest feelings that we as a culture and we as a nation and you as a person, you voters can as a person, you can feel that is to be a part of something greater than yourself, to contribute to something greater than yourself, to benefit everyone and to benefit yourself. I wish that we lived in a clean world, but we don't. We can't change the past, but we can change ourselves today. We've been partying with someone else paying the bill. It's a lot of fun until you think about the people paying it, which could be hundreds of millions of climate refugees, species going extinct, wars. You've read the headlines. Look, I used to have fun without responsibility or accountability when I was a child. I think any politician can say that. Since then, many of my friends have become parents. Most politicians, I think, are the parents themselves. Every parent I've ever come across prefers raising their kids to partying, even if it means getting poo on your hand. No one looks back with regret at having had their child. Likewise, no one will look back at, except to wish they'd done it earlier, to start acting on their environmental values, to start doing the things that we all know we want to do, but no one wants to be first. You, the leader, by doing it first and putting this frame out there, will get people to follow you. In fact, the other candidates will follow you as well. And think of how that will look for you to be a leader of leaders competing with you to lead them. Now you might want to throw in some personal stories where you've acted on your environmental values. Work with me if you want an expert specialist who can help you act authentically and genuinely to share and act on your environmental values. People think you have to be perfect because so many people out there, companies, would-be leaders in other areas, they, you know, they get called greenwashing or hypocritical because they're not genuinely authentically doing things. And people think they have to be perfect or they'll get called greenwashing. The thing is, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to show that you're doing your best authentically and genuinely. I have led world-renowned figures and I know how to make them look genuine and authentic because they actually are genuine and authentic. You know, for, in my case, for my part, the highlight of my summer is visiting the farm where I get my summer and fall vegetables from. That's going to a farm, put my hand in the dirt. Great photo op. But that's me talking about my history. But these are the opportunities that are available for you. And at the farm, I used to look at a field of, say, broccoli and think, one of them, I'm going to eat one of those things of broccoli because it's going to be delivered to me. Now, actually, I look at and I think, actually, one of those pieces of broccoli will become me. And how grateful am I to the farmers who grow that, to the people at the farmer's market who, from whom I buy these things from? Now, I'm not a parent. I can only imagine the feeling of looking at one that you've given life to. I have nieces and nephews. I kind of feel it. But my point is that as much as anyone loves partying, we love responsibility more. Every voter out there, the people paying for our partying on fossil fuels, we want to take responsibility for them. We want to be stewards. We want stewardship. Rainforest depletion, extinction, things like this, they used to be future generations' worlds. Increasingly, it's people alive today. Not just our babies, but our youngest voters today. People alive today, people voting today. All this is prelude to my main point. 
Everyone loves being a part of something greater than themselves. With a moonshot, the actual moonshot going to the moon, engineers at NASA did the work. Here, we all will, all citizens. The politically winning message that no one has, no candidate in the United States or as far as I know anywhere in the world, because no one is comfortable acting on their environmental values because they haven't worked with me or actually anyone who has actually acted on their environmental values to learn that everyone will love doing it. And so people wonder, of all the proposals out there, which ones will we do? Eat less meat? Carpool more? Should we switch to renewables more? Should we wear sweaters in the winter to heat our houses less? Or not use so much air conditioning in our homes when we're not home? Should we avoid packaging and so on? Here's the answer. All of them. We are beyond just straws. People don't want to act on little things when they know there's a big problem. They want to do big things. They just don't want to be alone. You can step up as a leader and you will get votes by doing this. When you see stewardship, like avoiding straws as a burden or chore, you want to stop after doing the little things. But when you see your actions as being a part of something greater than yourself, they were all in on. Because you, future president of the United States, led the nation to join together, or whatever country. Then people want to do big things. We want to work hard because we know the consequences. We just don't want to feel alone. We don't want to be the ones who are doing it all, all by ourselves. We don't want to feel like other people are cheating and we're losing and they're benefiting from it. We want to feel like we're all doing this together. When people do little things like pick up a piece of trash per day as part of a nationwide effort, not just themselves, they like it. They want more. When they think they're alone, they don't do it. But when they're doing it together and you as a leader can lead people to do little things like that, that we all do together. Could you imagine? It's not too hard, I think, to get everyone in the country to pick up a piece of trash per day because they want to do it and it takes very little effort when you're leading them. Yes, some will cheat and not get with a program. It's inevitable. And some people are going to say, oh, I'm doing this and they're not. We're going to get past that. We will increasingly shun people like that, like smokers in a restaurant or like a surgeon general who smokes that they used to recommend, you know, if you smoke, buy Chesterfields or whatever they did. Now that's simply unacceptable, and that will become unacceptable, and you can help make that happen, and you can have your name attached to it as a leader with a legacy to last long beyond just four years. So future president, I beseech you, treat environmental action like a national and even global, joyful, meaningful, purposeful community-building project that it can be.